All right, we'll get rolling. Oh, we're going. We're, we're going to look at Jonah this morning. But anyway, but uh, oh, oh, you say well, Jonah? Yeah, Jonah's one of these little ones over here, like right there. But anyway, you know, it again. Just just mention this. Your history is real short. These Genesis, Exodus, it goes all the way down here through, and it stops right here. Well, no, I take that back. It stops right here at Psalms. Basically, you can just go to Psalms. You say, well, Job. Yeah, it's a Job is a historic event. It sure didn't take long. Esther's a historic event. And they're chronologically in order. Man. Now, they'll try to say that Job may have happened quite a ways back. Well, okay. But what happened to Job is historic in his life, and you can get that. But nonetheless, all the rest of this is tracking. I mean, they call Genesis, like I say, it means beginning. And you'll hear the word Genesis. Some people say, well, the Genesis of this. Whatever, you know. Even though a lot of people, but we do, we believe the book of Genesis because, I mean, it's so funny. <clears throat> no matter what they say, science is on our side. Here's the question you want to ask. If the Bible is true, what evidence would you think you would find? Oh, man, that's just very great because all your fossils, see, they, they, uh, the majority of them, it's over 95% are marine fossils. You mean tell me there was a flood? Yes. And over 300 civilizations around the globe have historic stories about a major flood. So it all came from somewhere, you know. But anyway. Okay, but let's go let's go on. So anyway, we know about we know about Abraham and we know about the children of Israel and going to the promised land and basically that's all what this this is not the history of the world. This is what the history around uh after creation, dealing with one family, starting at the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, forward. But God was going to use that family to rescue the whole world. Okay. But anyway, then you have these little, uh, right after, let's see, we got the Psalms here. Uh, uh, you got Proverbs, which is uh, Solomon. That's Yeah, David's king, David's son was uh, uh, Solomon. He wrote those. And then this little book here. Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. It's just Ecclesiastes means the preacher. You can see that in your living Bible. It's, it's called the preacher. Song of Solomon. It's just a girl and a boy. I don't care how you slice that. It, you, you try to read that and figure that's Jesus. You're, it's not going to work out. Anyway, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, all this stuff is, is these are, these guys are speaking right here at the tail end of that history that we have. This history actually ends at 500-something years before Jesus. So these guys are speaking, most of these, they're speaking uh, right before Nebuchadnezzar got in there. Some of them were right when Nebuchadnezzar was there, Jeremiah was. They're speaking in that time frame. And they're speaking about, they better quit worshiping these idols or they're going to lose it and they're going to be kicked out of the promised land and that is exactly what happened. God told them that's what's going to happen. Moses said, you're not going to be in the promised land very long. You're going to get kicked out. They did. That's what happened in the book of Judges. They lost it immediately. They were in there. They, in a seven-year campaign, they wiped out the promised land. They were moved in, and they lost it at the very start of Judges. Remember the story of Gideon, where we have the Gideons that put, put, put out Bibles. That's a, the Gideons. They use that uh, story in there. What was the story? Yeah, they all they lost the promised land already, and God chose a man named Gideon. Remember, they had this. He asked him. He had Gideon 
was speaking to an angel, and the angel said, you're almighty man of valor. And I always like to say, like the three stooges, hey, gentlemen, they all turn around, who? You know, <laughs> The angel was talking to Gideon. Anyway, God told him to get some in. He had 30,000 to start with. And then he said, hey, tell the ones who are afraid to go home. And 20,000 went home. <laughs> he didn't have but 10,000 left. <laughs> and then he said, remember the story? Tell the men to get on their knees and no, get out and get a drink of water. And the ones who cupped it up by hand, there was a number for those, and the others lapped it up like a dog. He said, send the ones home who lap it like a dog. And what was the purpose of all this? Well, think about it. It's very effective for us today. He had 10,000 men. Now he's down to what? 300, the ones who took a cup. And the Lord said, I'm doing this because you'll think you did it yourself. That was the tendency. Everybody would believe, well, we just got some smart guys and we want to honor so-and-so this morning. Gideon, he's a master's degree in electrical engineering and he really, now the Lord gave him that ability. That's the way the Baptists talk. They do not want to say there's power in the name of Jesus for some reason and any other groups like this. They're just afraid. They don't want to say that. You have to cover your backside for the, the, you know, the scientific community. Listen, the scientific community is on our side. They're making up that stuff. It is, yeah. Science is repeatable. And you can't repeat uh, uh, whatever it is, evolution. That's a religion. Supreme Court's already said it is. Oh, it's so funny. They talk about the bones of, well, they got that picture of the man to, from ape to monkey or whatever. You know, they, it's only in three places. It's in three places. It's in textbooks and in museums and in people's minds. You can't find it. Well, one thing's really, really cool, though. They'll say, it is true. There are, if we had that picture up here, those are man and monkey bones. Uh, they're mixed in. Yeah, that's right. They were mixed in. The guy that put those things together, he would put some ape bones in there. They were doing this just, just what they did. But today, it's almost like you, if you say anything against it, they laugh at you. But, man, we're sticking with the Bible. So let's get back to this. So here, that's all history. And you come down to, a, to one of these smaller ones here, talking in the last 500 years before Jesus. And this guy is the name. It's, it, this could be about 800 years because there's some things he says here we'll, we'll pick up on. But it's during this time frame of the kings. There's a guy by the name of Jonah. So we're going to pick up with this. So in Jonah here, uh, very short, uh, Jonah chapter 1, the Lord sent this message to Jonah, son of Amittiah. Maybe that's how you say it. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Now, hey, before we go any further, hold on a second. Jonah, I know about this. This is that fit. We immediately, a lot of people think, well, it's just impossible. You know, a man can't survive in the, uh, a fish. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? We, we really know it all? We don't think that's true? Mm. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 12, just a moment. I mean, Jesus is either Lord, liar, or lunatic, someone says, because okay, we know he's Lord. So in Genesis chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 12, look at something Jesus said here. Uh, let's jump down here to where he said it. Uh, okay. Kingdom divided against itself. Look at that. All right, we'll pick up here in uh, verse 38, one day some of the Jewish leaders, including some Pharisees, came to Jesus to ask him to show them a miracle. Can you imagine that? If you'd been going, you're like, where have you been the last 15 minutes? Well, they hate him. It doesn't matter what you say, they hate him anyway. It's like people who are atheists and folks who are, are I mean, are, 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 they're, they're just, they just, their story is evolution and they're going to believe it no matter what. Matter of fact, 
their great leader now says that, well, who's to say that aliens didn't see this? Anything but Jesus. An alien may have created all this. <laughs> really? Anyway, Jesus said, only an evil, faithless nation would ask for further proof. Now, look what he says, that none will be given. Hey, what happened to turn the other cheek? Jesus should have said, well, I taught, you know, you got to. No. Over and over again, Jesus would say no. None will be given. Look at this. Except what happened to Jonah the prophet. Oh, no, Jesus, you just lost half of everybody. Oh, like when Jesus said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no part in me. I mean, a lot of people left when he said that. Who can take what he says? Remember, Jesus was God in the flesh. For as Jonah was in the great fish for three days and three nights, he said, this is the miracle you're going to get. Now, of course, we know what he's talking about. So I, the Messiah, uh uh-oh, look at this. So I, so if Jonah wasn't really real, then maybe the cross isn't real. We know better than that. Shall be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Now, that was a physical three days and a physical three nights, just as what we're fixing to do. Now, Part of that story of Jonah is this. He's relating it. Jesus knew that history. We're going to look at the history too. It goes so fast, but I'll be through it. It just about seems like we get out early. The men of Nineveh shall rise against this nation, that means Israel, the group that was there at the time, at the judgment. Is there a judgment? Yep. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judgment. We got a great white throne judgment coming sometime. You and I are fine. Anyway, at the judgment and condemn you. Who? These guys. And they're not even Jews. That's the Assyrians. You ever heard of them? No, you haven't. Okay. For when Jonah preached to them, they repented and turned to God from their evil ways. And now a greater than Jonah, Jesus, quit saying Jonah. Oh, my gosh, you know. Is that like that little boy told his teacher and the teacher was saying, you know, well, you don't really think that a... uh, uh, there was a fish that uh, ate Jonah, you know. And the uh, little boy said, well, I'll just ask him when I get to heaven. And she goes, teacher says, well, what if he's not there? And the little boy says, well, you ask him. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, <laughs> yeah. the little boy figured she was going to hell. Look at this. Now the queen of, uh, uh, queen of Sheba. Okay, let's get out of this. So now we know. He named some history there about David and the history about Jonah there. All right, so let's go back to Jonah here. All right, Jonah, uh, chapter 1. Uh, the Lord sent this message to Jonah, son of Amittiah, go to the great city of Nineveh. Notice this is not even spiritual. It starts out, it's a history event, historic event. Give them this announcement from the Lord. I'm going to destroy you for your wickedness rises before me. And remember, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were warned. These guys were, men, probably throwing their kids to the fire. It smells to the highest heaven. But look at this. Jonah was afraid to go and ran from the Lord. All right. Now, uh, there's a little bit behind it, and you'll see it in a moment. He didn't want to go because he did not want the Lord to be merciful to them. But anyway, nonetheless, he was afraid to go, and he ran away from the Lord. He went down to the seacoast to the port of Joppa. Do you see the spiritual significance of the moral? This is a story. Okay. He's running from God. How far can you get with that? Went to the port of Joppa. You can open your Bible to the back, and if you're bored from the preacher like I was as a little kid, I remember seeing that J-O-P-P-A, you know. It's down that coastline. 
where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. You ever heard that? Paul of Tarshish. Yeah, <laughs> another port. He bought a ticket, went on board, climbed down into the dark hold of the ship to hide there from the Lord. You know, I mean, boy, all this is just tremendous. A lot of things we can see here. You know, you're not going to hide from the Lord. But as the ship was sailing along, suddenly the Lord flung a terrific wind over the sea, causing a great storm that had threatened to send them to the bottom. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help. Now look at that. Well, that makes sense. They don't know anybody else's God. They don't know who the real God is. This is historic totally. Why don't you embellish this and just say, oh, they were calling out to Jesus and Jesus came down and said, well, here's the problem. No, they were panicking. They were calling everybody they could get hold of. Like Ricky Bobby, you know, remember he was doing, uh, <laughs> he's calling out, oh, Jewish God, <laughs> oh, Muslim God, <laughs> Oprah, <laughs> God, whatever. <laughs> anyway, and they threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. All this time, Jonah was sound asleep down uh, in the hold. Heard that candle popping, and I thought, I'm about to on fire. I was patting myself. <laughs> yeah, it's over there going pop, pop, pop. So the captain went down after him. What do you mean, he roared, sleeping at a time like this? Get up, cry to your God. You know, it's like what Phil was talking about. I mean, it's so important to pray, you know, and see if he'll have mercy on us and save us. Well, I wish, as whatever Bible Belt groups we grew up in, I wish... It's like we were already talking about. You know, man, if you're in trouble this morning, ask the Lord to help you. But let's keep going. Then the crew decided to draw straws to see which of them had offended the gods and caused this terrible storm. And Jonah drew the short one. Oh, wow. So they knew. So let's see what happens next. What have you done, they asked, to bring this awful storm upon us? Who are you? What's your work? What country are you from? What's your nationality? Look at this and look what he says. I'm a Jew. I worship Jehovah. The God of heaven, look at that, who made the earth and sea. Aren't you so glad we're on the right winning team? Praise God. Now, you know, these people knew about the Israeli God, too. They heard what happened because, remember, it was a big show out. They saw God wipe out Egypt. They saw God wipe out the promised land. So these people knew. Then he told them he was running away from the Lord. <laughs> They're probably going, yeah, I get it now. And they did. The men were terribly frightened when they heard this. Oh, why did you do it? He, they shouted. What should we do to stop the storm, storm for it's getting worse? No, look what Jonah says. Throw me in. It's my fault. Throw me out into the sea, he said. Look at that. And he didn't say, let's give it a try. He knew it. I know this terrible storm has come because of me. They tried harder to row the boat ashore, so they weren't that far away. But they couldn't make it. The storm was too fierce to fight against. Then they shouted out a prayer. Look at this. To Jehovah this time. <laughs> Look what they said. Jonah's God. Oh, Jehovah, they pleaded. Don't make us die for this man's sin. I think what it, what it says. This man's uh, yeah, sin. Don't hold us responsible for his death. For it is not our fault. You have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Uh, let me skip down. Here we go. Uh, then they picked up Jonah, threw him overboard into the raging sea. Look at that. Just let it sink in. Because we don't, while we're here, we got to get the Bible story. It got calm. What do you think happened to these guys? The next verse. Watch this. And they sacrificed him and vowed to serve him. Boy, I tell you, there's your spiritual significance. 
these boys that were sailors and say tattoos everywhere, you know, tough guys, whatever, you know, who knows? They always say these sailors are the roughest guys. He cusses like a sailor. Well, look what these sailors did. I mean, man, can you imagine that? It just got poof, calm. Now, the Lord had arranged for a great fish. Now, I don't know if you do your little research and stuff like this, but this is so easy. A friend of mine this, this week was talking about his pond and whatever, and he said he don't put bass in there. He said, have you seen a mouth on a bass? He said they can eat everything in that whole pond in no time. You know, largemouth bass, whatever. But anyway, there's a lot of great sea animals or whatever. I remember Jesus said this happened. So we're moving on. This history. To swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish. There it is. That was recorded 500 years maybe. Well, actually, I think more than that because it, it, this is about the Nineveh. Uh, okay, 500, 700 years before uh, Jesus showed up. Of course, Jesus was there because that's him. The Lord arranged. All right, here we go. Next, cha next chapter, you don't wait. So he's immediately what? The Lord arranged a fish to swallow him. Whoop, he swallowed. Look at this. Then Jonah prayed. Now, if great things happen when you see somebody in the Scriptures pray, then why shouldn't we take their prayer and use it for ourselves? Brilliant, brilliant. Just like in, what is it, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, because I think of a shotgun of 410. Oh, that guy prayed, you know, bless me and whatever. And Oh, man, what a great prayer. Right in the middle of a genealogy. What for? Anyway, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Look at he says, in my great trouble, I cried to the Lord, and he answered me. I mean, it's so foolish to just waste our time in prayer if we don't believe God's going to do anything anyway. Look, Jonah was asking for this, we're going to find out, and he still really doesn't learn his lesson. Remember the, the last chapter? He still wants God to fry Nineveh. We just think we have to be so perfect. No. Look at, he didn't think he'd be perfect. In my great trouble, I cried to the Lord, and he answered me from the depths of hell, I called. And Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths. I sank to the floods of water and was covered by your, your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, Lord, you have rejected me and cast me away. How shall I ever again see your holy temple? Boy, you know, that'd be a great thing to use if you were diagnosed with cancer right there. It's the same thing David did. Go back and read them. David said, well, what good is it going to be if I die? I can't praise you in front of my friends. But we don't think we can negotiate with God. We just say, well, Lord, I guess you have a reason for sending me this cancer. I guess you have a reason for my checks bounced this week. You have a reason that I had a flat tire this morning. We just roll over and play dead. Thank God we've learned. I mean, how much time do you think this guy, he knows he's swallowed. I think I'm in a big fish. Then I said, Lord, you've rejected me, cast me away. Okay, all right, we got that. I sank beneath the waves. Death was very near. The waters closed above me. The seaweed wrapped around my head. So there, now, do we not figure out he's in this stomach? We know. Whoa. I went down to the bottom of the mountains that rise from off the ocean floor. I was locked out of life and imprisoned in the land of death. Look what he says. But, oh, Lord, my God. You have snatched me from the yawning jaws of death. 
You know, did you notice Jonah didn't act like God didn't know God was this great. He told the sailors, he made heaven and earth, and I'm running away from him. <laughs> like I think I could get away from where this. <laughs> God, so much great stuff here. When I had lost all hope, David wrote this in the psalm. Same words. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Well, I turn my thoughts once more to the wishy-washy God. Sometimes, yes, some, I, I don't have, I'm not listening to that. I'm the woman that's not even a Jew that has a demon-possessed daughter, and I'm not letting go of Jesus until I get it. Even the dogs get the crumbs. Woman, for saying that, your daughter's healed. Praise God, don't take no for an answer. And Jesus literally told her no. It's not right to give the children's bread to the dogs. <laughs> she said, true, Lord, but we need to have that but in there. When I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord, and my earnest prayer went to you in your holy temple. How do you know that? Just basic Bible truth, mercy. Look at these says here. Those who worship false gods have turned their backs on the mercy waiting for them from the Lord. Now, the Lord said this exact thing in Acts chapter 2 when Peter was preaching after the Holy Ghost came. You know, he said, all that call and ask the Lord for mercy will get it. In other words, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All those who ask. Look at this. Those who worship false gods have turned their backs on their own mercy, waiting for them from the Lord. Now, I'm going to switch this to the King James just a second. That's the Living Bible, but if you'll notice, look at this. Uh, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Well, I'm a kid, and I thought my mama had a vanity, you know. That's where she put her makeup on. See, we don't know what this means. We have no idea. It makes you think that these women are, we say these women are vain because they have a vanity or whatever. No, no, uh-uh. They that observe lying vanities, and this phrase vanities is in Psalm, I want to call it Psalm 4 or Psalm 3. It's 1, 2, or 3, it's the same word. It's talking about false idols or idols. Look, what, but anyway, get the point. Forsake their own mercy. Remember, David wrote, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thy iniquities, Heals all thy diseases. You have a promise that he will always forgive you. Well, he said those that look at those stupid idols. Now let's go back to the, to the uh, Living Bible here again. Uh, those who worship false gods have turned their backs on all the mercies waiting for them from the Lord. Now look at this. I will never worship anyone but you. Same thing David did. For how can I thank you enough? For all you have done. Now, he's still in the fish at this point. It's like when we start counting our many blessings, it's not like, well, I got I to gotta find. If you pray about everything, you've got a pocket load or a bucket load or whatever. You've got plenty of stuff to open your mouth and tell about Jesus. I'll never worship anyone but you. How can I thank you enough for, look at this. He's being digested. Why doesn't he just say it's over with? It's never over with. I will surely fulfill my promises. Look at this. For my deliverance comes from, I'm going so you can't see it because you know what's going to happen. The answer is in the next verse. Watch what happens. My deliverance comes from the Lord. And the Lord ordered the fish to spit up Jonah on the beach, and it did. 
Well, we've got to think about, this was probably several thousand years. Go read your funny books. I'm going to keep reading. Because this is not about the fish. It's about Jonah. It's a problem. And boom, we go right into the next, look at this, the next chapter. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah again. All right, boy. Go to that great city, Nineveh. Oh, don't call it great. One, two. And warn them of their doom as I told you before. So Jonah obeyed and he went to Nineveh. Remember we're in chapter 3. It only goes to chapter 4. This goes so fast. And Jesus already mentioned this, the, the town people. Now Nineveh was a very large city with many villages around it. Now, remember, I think we mentioned this last week. Villages, and I, well, no. They're just little town people. And the Bible was made up. Man, the Bible was a historic book. And it's talking about all of the Middle East. Everybody knew who Jehovah was. They also knew who the Jews were. All right, now Nineveh was a very large city, had many villages around it. So large that it would take, look at this, now we got a time frame. It'd take three days to walk through it. That's pretty good. You might say most of the heart of Huntsville area. I mean, Huntsville was 186,000. Used to be on the signs when I was in high school in 1978, whatever. And I think I could walk through it in three days, probably get all the way out to Madison. Anyway, but the very first day when Jonah entered the city and began to preach... The people repented. <laughs> this ticked off Jonah. For Jonah shouted to the crowds that gathered him, 40 days from now, Nineveh is going to be destroyed. <laughs> oh, no. And they believed him. Ah, oh, man. Now, Nineveh had been coming over and busting up Israel. Now, Israel deserved it, though. That's the reason Jonah didn't want to do this. And they believed him, and they declared a fast from the king on down. Well, I got a chaplain. He does my praying. Not, yeah, ain't going to work. Everyone put on sackcloth, the rough, coarse garments worn at the times of mourning. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne. Look at that. He laid his royal robes, uh, put on sackcloth, and he sat in ashes. That's, you know, who's he showing out for? Nobody but Jehovah or God. And the king and his nobles sent this message through the city. Let no one, not even the animals, eat anything at all, nor even drink any water. Everyone must wear sackcloth and must cry mightily to God. And let everyone turn from his evil ways, from his violence and robbing. So we know what was going on in the whole place. Almost like in the days of Noah, there was so much violence. Who can tell? Now where did he know this from? He heard about mercy. Perhaps even yet God will decide to let us live. And hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Now, now, why wouldn't we think so positive about our own problems? Maybe the Lord will turn my day around today. You think? Yeah. Anyway. And when God saw that they had put a stop to their evil ways, he abandoned his plans to destroy them and didn't carry it through. Whoa. That's the end. Here's the end of the book. This change of plans made Jonah very angry. I think we ought to warm that fish up again. <laughs> you know? But now you got to understand, Jonah's during that time frame when the armies, the Assyrians, came down, came knocking on Jerusalem's door, but Jerusalem deserved it. They were worshiping other idols. They were making God very angry. And he complained to the Lord about it. <laughs> Look at, think about his complaint here. This is exactly what I thought you would do. Oh, really? You think God's merciful? Yeah. He knew it when he was being digested a day or two before by that fish. 
Lord, when I was there in my own country, you first told me to come here. That's why I ran away to Tarshish. See, remember the scripture says he was afraid and he ran away from the Lord, but now we know why. Okay. Hey, I, don't, I wasn't going to tell them you're going to be, look, at I knew you were a gracious God. Look at that. Merciful. Remember Jesus turned around one time to the Pharisees and said, I would, remember he said, the Pharisees were going, I cannot believe he eats with these men and hangs out with them, goes to the bar. <laughs> He's with them. And Jesus came out and he said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Yeah, he actually said, the King James says, go ye now and learn. You know what he said? He said, get out of here. Living Bible says, get out of here. Jesus? What would Jesus do? Well, he'd never say get out. He did there. Get out. And you go learn to have mercy. <gasps> he didn't ask them kindly when he made that whip that day. Boy, they made the house of prayer, the temple, a dog house. He ran them out of there. <laughs> Look what, this sounds like who? Elijah. Just kill me. I'm the only one left. Just kill me, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive when nothing that I told them happens. <laughs> he was saying, y'all are toast. In 40 days, y'all are going down. And they all repented. Now look what the Lord says. And the Lord says, is it right to be angry about this? So Jonah went and he sat sulking on the east side of the city and he made a leafy shelter to shade him as he waited there to see if anything would happen to the city. The Lord said he wouldn't. And when the leaves of the shelter withered in the heat, the Lord arranged for a vine to grow. It grew up quickly and spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head to shade him. This made him comfortable, very grateful. Hey, I can stick it out a few more days till fire from God comes down and burns this place. But God also prepared a worm. <laughs> oh, man. The next morning, the worm ate the stem of the plant so that it withered away and died. There went the shade. And then when the sun was hot, God ordered a scorching. Let's send a little heat wave over to this guy. Yep. East wind blew on Jonah and the sun beat down on his head. He grew faint and wished to die. He said, death is better than this. Now remember the whole time Jesus mentioned this guy. He said, what happened to this guy is going to happen to me. I'll be dead three days and three nights. He mentioned Nineveh. Now, this is the end. The point is what we've already seen. Mercy. Mercy. Anyway, here we go. And God said to Jonah, is it right for you? He said to tell him this twice. For you to be angry? Oh, uh, because the plant died? Yes, <laughs> Jonah said. Oh, yeah, well, right, okay. Is it right for me to be angry enough? Right for me? Uh, it is. It's right for me to be angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry for yourself when your shelter is destroyed, though you did not work to put it up there. And at its best, short-lived. And why shouldn't I? Look at, look at this. Sometimes we feel like, I don't know if God knows my name. Just like Nathaniel, when they told Nathaniel about Jesus. Jesus said, hey, there's an there's a Israelite in whom no guile is. And Nathaniel obviously must have been saying, God don't even know I exist. I'm underneath this whatever tree. And Nathaniel says, well, how do you know me? This is John chapter 1. And Jesus said, I saw you underneath the fig tree this morning. <laughs> And, and Nathaniel went nuts. He fell down and said, you're the son of God. How did he know? How did Jesus know about everybody? Look how the Lord knew about... He's, did you see how close the Lord was with Jonah this whole time? He was with him in the fish. He was with him going into the town. He's with him here. Why shouldn't I feel sorry for a great city like Nineveh? And here's your count with 120 people. So now we know how big this place was. 
in utterly in utter spiritual spiritual darkness. Look at it, and all its cattle, because God would have it would have been I guess fire from heaven. They were, I mean, it wasn't like well they're just sassing their mama. Oh no, Mm-mm. I'm sure it was human sacrifice and all kind of stuff. But look what they did. They said no, and they said perhaps the Lord will save us. <laughs> they stopped. They knew it was God, too. Why shouldn't I feel sorry? Look at that. Why shouldn't I feel sorry for a great city like Nineveh and its 120 people in spiritual darkness? Look at that. That is the end of that book. All right, so let's, I'm stopping, but I want us to go to Psalm 50 right here, right in the center. Didn't he destroy it later on down the line? Uh, I'm not aware of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, all, I, all we know is that... Uh, um, Oh, uh, the, uh, no, all I know is in the book of Kings, uh, oh, they, they, the, matter of fact, the book of Kings is where the Assyrians came. They tried to come against Hezekiah and they were on Sennacherib. You've heard of Sennacherib in history? That's his hometown. And when Sennacherib couldn't get Jerusalem, he went back home and his two sons killed him. That's what the scriptures tell us, whatever. But who knows? Who knows what happened? Anyway, Psalm 50, the mighty God, the Lord has summoned all mankind. So this is going to include Nineveh. Look at this. From east to west. God's glory shines from the beautiful temple on Mount Zion. He comes with the noise of thunder, surrounded by devastating fire. We saw that when Moses had to go up in that smoky place before in the Old Testament. A great storm rages around him. He's come to judge his people. Look at this. To heaven and earth he shouts. Look what he says. Gather together my own people who by their sacrifice upon my altar have promised to obey me. God will judge them with complete fairness. Now, he's talking to everybody. He just said, for all heaven declares that he's just. Oh, my God. Oh, my people, listen, for I am your God. Here are my charges against you. I have no complaint about your sacrifices. Yeah, you got good at that. But it isn't your sacrifices. See, they weren't like we were talking. They weren't praying about everything. Thanking their lucky stars, perhaps. It isn't sacrificial bullocks and goats that I really want for you. For all the, remember, all the cattle on a thousand hills, there it is. All the animals of the field are forced or mine. The cattle, there it is, on a thousand hills, and all the birds in the mountains. And he says, if I were hungry, I wouldn't ask you. Okay. Today's religion, we have to feed God. No, we don't. If I were hungry, I wouldn't mention it to you. <laughs> all the world's mine, everything. No, I don't need your sacrifices of flesh and blood. Look at this. What I want from you is your true thanks. I want your promises fulfilled. Look at that next verse. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble, just like Jonah. And if you have a hard lesson you've got to learn about showing mercy, <laughs> listen to him. Look at this. So I can rescue you and you can give me glory. But God says to evil men, recite my laws no longer. Stop claiming my promises for you've refused my discipline regarding my laws. No, we're going to do what we want to do. No, he just said, here's what I want you to do. You see a thief and you help him spread your time with evil men and immoral, evil and immoral men. You curse and lie, vile language, strange for him. You slander your own brother. He says, I remain silent and you thought I didn't care. But now your time of punishment's coming. I'll list all the charges. I listed the, the charges above. This is the last chance for all those who have forgotten God before I tear you apart and no one can help you. Same thing with the same story. But remember, it's mercy right there. But true praise, true praise is a worthy sacrifice. This really honors me. All those who walk my paths will receive, look at that, salvation from the Lord. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about down here, down here. 
We always have heaven. We got that. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. Praise God. Our story of Jonah, we know it's true. Praise God. He was in that fish. And Jesus had died for three days, three nights, and was resurrected. Anyway, Father, if we're facing any kind of trouble concerning healing, Lord, I thank you. You'll help us. We don't want to get to slack of thinking you can't take care of our bodies. Whether it's our neck, our back, or skin problems, or something internal we think we might got. Lord, help us with our bodies. Same thing's true financially. Help us with all our finances. And we just give you all the praise for it. And Lord, if there's some other problem we got on the horizon we're worried about, and we're going to, we stop worrying. We roll that burden over on you. Help us out of that problem. You're great enough to do all. We thank you for it. And that doesn't need to leave anything left, but for us to leave details about like things that happened to Jonah. We just keep a record of what you've done for us for, as we tell others about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wow. Well, there's nothing more to Jonah right there. Y'all 